RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. But right now we're going to focus on international health and the international health regulations that the WHO have been talking about, the European Union as well, even the WEF, I think you're in there. I don't know, we'll find out. As we cross to Jim Roguski from jimroguski.com, who's been calling out lies and propaganda for decades. He also has a substack, jamesrogusky.substack.com. So welcome, James, to Reality Check Radio, um, coming in from Los Angeles. Did I hear it was raining in L.A.? <laughs> it, it is raining. It's snowing in the mountains. Um, it's flooding in the, in the valleys. Um, you know, California's a big state. We've got a lot of things going on here. And uh, supposedly it had been a desert and a drought for the longest of times. But now the uh, um, reservoirs are topping over. And I'll, I'll throw an analogy out that I, I like to use. Um, People say, oh, you know, there's nothing you can do with what's going on in the world. Um, but I say that everybody's voice matters. And so if you were a raindrop in a cloud and you said, ah, there's no point in falling down to earth, you know, we'll never make a difference. Um, well, we're having floods here now, and it's just a bunch of little raindrops. And so, you know, when hmm. when people come together and, you know, they focus on, on what it is that they want, um, things will get better. I'm an optimist in that regard. Um, we just need to decide what it is we want. Otherwise, somebody else is going to decide what they want. And if they're more clear on what they want, you know, then they're more likely to get it. And um, we, the people, just need to get our butts in gear and decide what it is we want. Because I don't want what the powers that would like to be uh, have planned for us. That, that was a great analogy, by the way. That was brilliant. Well, you know, it's raining on us and, you know, one little raindrop, you know, maybe doesn't make a difference, but when they're all working together, you can have, you know, an amazing flood. And, you know, what I see is the truth is, you know, been coming little by little from people all around the world speaking their truth. And, you know, you can't stop it. You know, the, 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 the people who've been trying to lie to us are being flooded by everybody's truth. And all you have to do is open your eyes and see what your truth is. Uh, one of the things I encourage people to do, we can talk about it in a little bit, is, uh, you know, be the media. Okay? You know, you and I right now, we're being the media, hmm. right? We're, we're doing something. And so um, everybody has a phone. Everybody has, you know, not everybody maybe, but most people have a phone, camera, a laptop. Um, back in September, I asked people to um, do exactly that, get out there uh, you know, video camera or whatever, and just say whatever it was that they felt about. We were talking about the WHO's pandemic treaty at the time. And I got several hundred people to record what their thoughts were. And I put that all on screw the who.com. And so if you want to see what regular people around the world can do, um, I was, I was very impressed. The clarity of thought, um, you know, the awareness that everybody had, um, I, you know, maybe I'm crazy, but I do have faith in my fellow man and, and woman. Um, this isn't rocket science. Uh, some people want to be masters and some people maybe are willing to be slaves. I, I want to be neither. I think everybody um, should have the freedom to live their lives they, the way they want to. But there does seem to be this, um, hist I mean, look at history. 
you know, it's just one series uh, after another of uh, some kind of master and slave relationship. Mm. You know, it's time it's time to break out of that. Um, it, it's really hidden in plain sight. You know, yeah, that's the thing about all what, this. That's the exactly. thing about all this. It's all in plain sight. It, it, you know, no one's kind of hiding the information. You might have to dig around a bit to get to it, but it, it, it's it's there. Uh, and uh, kind of want to talk about that before we get on to you know sure. what regime is being proposed for nations for for um, in health. But um, uh, getting back to that plain sight thing, and earlier you said you know what they would whoever they are and we can talk about that too we're trying to impose is is not well, one. Let, let me let me let me make a statement that sounds like a question yeah who are they <laughs> yeah so they the who are they are the who yeah yeah and, and it's i don't know if you're familiar with the old uh abbott and costello routine about you know talking about a baseball player oh, i name, love that skit that's who, incredible whose name was who right you know who's on first yeah. Um, this, the shtick was one person was asking a question, another person was making a statement, and they kept getting confused. You know, who's on first? Uh, well, you know, who's responsible? Who's behind this? Who would benefit? You know, who, who's doing all of this? Um, it isn't just the who, but it all is hmm. surrounding the WHO, the World Health Organization. Okay, so who's surrounding them? Because this is being pushed. And I think there was one attempt recently, and that kind of didn't get over the line. But the sense is that that no one's given up here. So, so where is this uh, force coming from? Uh, how are the who connected? And and what is being proposed? And why don't you like it? I don't like it either. But what you know? <laughs> well, if if you don't mind, I'll, I'll rewind it because the conversation we had um, before we started was you know a lot of people just have no idea what in the heck we're about to be talking about. So I'll, I'll give a brief overview. Okay. Um, after World War II, um, the United Nations um, was put together, and another organization, the World Health Organization, was put together in 1948. And so going back 150 years, almost to the time of the United States Civil War, there was a problem with wastewater, sewage, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, people would just throw it in the street, or it would be in the river. And, you know, whoever was downstream, you know, best of luck to you. And so there were sanitary regulations that were put into place and they did a wonderful job of, you know, cleaning up, you know, potable, fresh water. You know, now we have indoor plumbing and sewage and, you know, septic systems and all that. And so the disease rates plummeted dramatically. And then they started jabbing people and they gave a lot of the credit to the jabs, but it was really the sanitation. So all those rules got mixed into the WHO. They were put in charge of that. In 1969, they changed the name of the sanitary regulations to the international health regulations. And then in 2005, they made a bunch of amendments to it. And what they should have done is they should have changed the name from the international health regulations to the international surveillance regulations, hmm. because that's what it's really all about. Now, the current international health regulations are such that they're legally binding. We've agreed to them decades ago. And there just isn't that much that nations are required to do. If there's some kind of an outbreak, if there's a, you know, a toxic plume that might be going you know, across borders, uh, if there's a radiation leak or something like that, 
we're obligated to monitor what's going on in our countries and tell the WHO if something you know bad is happening. That's not horrible. That's okay. I'm okay mm. with that, right? Mm. Um, it actually says in the regulations, the Article 3, the first principle, is that the regulations must be implemented with full respect for the dignity, funda fundamental, sorry, must be implemented with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. And when I first read that, I'm like, well, that sounds okay. Mm. okay. But what has happened is a year or so ago, this is actually my second time around, I discovered that the Biden administration had proposed amendments to the international health regulations that they had actually inherited from the Trump administration. The Trump administration had started these negotiations to change international law. And we made us think about them last year in May. The amendments that the Biden administration had proposed were completely kicked to the curb. They weren't even really brought up for discussion during the um, yearly meeting of all of the member nations of the WHO. But a totally different set of amendments were proposed and they were adopted. So, you know, let me ask you and everybody listen, did you get the memo that 194 unelected, um, unaccountable, unknown people got together, spoke on your behalf and agreed to change international law. And they did that. And nobody in the media really has said very much about it. Um, your prime minister or president or whatever leader did not need to sign it. Um, the parliament or Senate or Congress or any other you know, legislative body all around the world, no, no say in the matter. 194 people who you have no idea who they were changed international law. And they're meeting again this May, and they have 307 proposed amendments to the international health regulations that are on the table. You might want to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, how did all this happen under the radar? That Was it kept under the radar i mean that that's an obvious media story um i would have thought and well i'll put it i'll put it to you this way um if you have or you know somebody who has a website or a blog or something like that and they write an article and they write a document and they upload the document to their website um technically that's made public they published it yeah okay it, it was there. You just didn't look at it. And yeah. if they're not busy pointing to it and the media isn't busy reporting on it, um, you know, so essentially what happened last year was the Biden administration um, submitted it four months in advance, which was their obligation. Uh, that's part of the rules. OK. And they never published it on any United States um, government website. It didn't show up last year uh, on the WHO website until April 12th, and the meeting was May 22nd. So like five or six weeks before they were going to have this big meeting to consider these things is when it finally got around to showing up in the public. This time around, it was published on December 13th or 14th. I'm not 100% sure which. And I published an article about it soon after in mid-December 
been trying to get people to pay attention. Hey, 94 delegates, member nations from around the world, submitted 197 pages of proposed amendments, 307 proposed amendments in total. Uh, October, November, December, January, uh, a very secret, confidential review committee was put together by Tedros Ghebreyesus, the director general, to review the amendments. And in mid-January, they gave it to uh, a final report to the director general, which he made public at the beginning of February. 97-page review of the 197-page, uh, 307 proposed amendments. And, you know, um, why would you know who in the world is paying attention? Um, you know, I am because I noticed that they were doing this last year. And for whatever reason, um, you know, I opened up the portal to this rabbit hole. It is the year of the rabbit. And yeah. let me tell you, there's a lot of rabbit turds in the WHO's, you know, files of all the, of what they want to do. But it's not just the WHO. OK, mm -hmm. um, there's 47 nations in the African region. And so they submitted proposed amendments. Now, they want what they want. They want to use the WHO for the reasons that they want the WHO. The United States resubmitted the ones that they didn't put through last year. The one I'm mostly concerned about are coming from the European Union. And they've put forth a set of proposals along with other nations in South America and Russia and Indonesia and India. Um, they want to institute a global digital health certificate. Now that's not just a vaccine passport, that's also a prophylaxis or preventative um, passport, whatever the heck that means. They call it a certificate. They want a testing certificate. And anybody who's looked at, you know, the preposterous, ridiculous things that they call tests should know better than to accept that. And they also want to have something they call a recovery certificate, which all of those things are not defined. They want to have a passenger locator form and a traveler um, health declaration. And they are all tied to a QR code so that you know your travel and movement about the planet can easily be restricted. Now, that concerns me. Mm. I'd like to travel and you know, I haven't traveled these past few years as much as maybe I, I would have liked to, um, but I don't wanna have somebody telling me that I've gotta do something to my body in order for me to move about the planet. And that's what they're trying to institute. And the manner in which they do it is 194 people get together in Geneva once a year in May, and they make decisions that influence your life. They did it last year, and nobody even paid any attention. And now they've got a whole bunch of stuff on the table. They only changed five articles last year. And this time, you know, they're looking at 307 different amendments some of which are absolutely absurd. But the ones that I'm most concerned about, I've put all together on rejectdigitalenslavement.com, rejectdigitalenslavement.com. Now, if you want to be enslaved digitally, um, well, you know, then don't pay any attention and stop listening um, because it's coming if you're not pushing back against it because that's what they want to do. It sounds like um, the, the information that is that you talked about that that goes with this that they'll 
they'll um, have access to and want for traveling. That's all encompassing, right? It's not just like COVID. It, it's it's all the what scheduled vaccines and all the uh, uh, all the things we're we're sort of used to taking. And I imagine anything to come. And and that's my point here. It sounds like they are anticipating because where's where where are all the pand? Okay, we've had a COVID thing, and and that could have been a scam. But where are you know all these diseases that um, that weren't affecting people traveling? Only a year or two ago, um, oh, are they suddenly here? Or are they being anticipated? And and how could you anticipate it anyway? Well, my my uh, view on it is, you know, if you're um, uh, a follower of um, biblical ideas and the world is like six thousand years old, or if you believe in evolution and maybe it's millions or billions of years old, whichever, okay, um, people on this planet have been doing pretty well without a global digital health certificate yeah. for quite some time. I think we're going to be okay without it. I wonder how the Flintstones would have done that. It would have been chipped, QR code chipped in, in a stone tablet. Um, and, and so it's just, see, here's where um, it, it all started to make sense for me. And maybe I'll give you a visual, okay? Sure. If, if you were you know, going down a path and there was a fork and you could go to one direction or the other direction, um, when, when you hear something like the international health regulations, you go, oh, well, that sounds okay. You know, yeah. we, want to, we want people to be healthy. And, and you start heading down that road and nothing seems to make sense, okay? You're reading their documents and they're not talking about health. You're, you watch their meetings and there aren't any doctors there talking about how to <laughs> heal. The Truman people. Show. Uh, okay. There, there, there isn't any discussion of, you know, early treatment or, hmm. um, you know, did or did not the masks do any good? Did or did not, you know, lockdowns and curfews and, and travel restrictions and social distancing? You know, there's no discussion of, you know, was this drug better than that drug or these herbs and vitamins? And, no, 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 no. You, you don't hear any of that. Okay. And here's the reason. They're not about health. They're about surveillance. So if you take the other fork in the road and you look at them and you go, well, these are the international surveillance regulations, okay? Mm. Which, is, which is not what they're officially named, it's what they should be named. Then you look at it and you go, oh, everything they're doing makes sense. They just want control, okay? First and foremost, um, now, now again, we're not talking about the pandemic treaty. We'll leave that off on the side. Yeah. Not talking about that at all. That's a decoy in my in my estimation, primarily. It's got a lot of bad stuff in it. We can talk about it a little bit, but what I'm talking about are the international health regulations. And so when, when you look at some of the proposed amendments, Bangladesh, um, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewind a little bit. Um, go all the way back to 1948, when everybody joined, uh, the WHO has a constitution. And so Article 23 of that Constitution says that the WHO is an advisory body and it can make recommendations. Okay, great. You know, a bunch of smart people get them all together. They make recommendations. You can follow them or you can ignore them. It's up to you. Well, Bangladesh proposed changing the definition of the terms temporary or standing recommendations, which currently say that they are non-binding advice. They would cross out the phrase non-binding. Malaysia would change Article 42 to have it read 
that recommendations shall, which in legal terms means must, be implemented as soon as possible. Even the International Health Regulations Review Committee that met October, November, December, January, and gave a 97-page report to Tedros said, wait a minute, if you change the definition of the word recommendations and you make following recommendations obligatory, that changes the whole nature of everything here. And that would fall under the already, you know, what we are all party to, the legally binding international health regulations would suddenly become dictatorial powers given to one person. Okay. Those two, now, those two governments or um, countries that you mentioned, um, is it fair to say that they're more on the authoritarian side of the ledger and is that a tell well let me let me top that <laughs> okay <laughs> okay um that was that was the change to article one definitions right in article 42 which is um you know um, how people cooperate um they also nations wanted to change in a number of different places change the definition so that a, a what what they call a public health emergency of international concern, P-H-E-I-C. Yeah, I've heard that. that it, or it, it's short, the acronym is FAKE, P-H-E-I-C. <laughs> just so happens. And just so happens. And so um, they want to change it so that if there is even the potential for an emergency, they can declare that there is a fake. But you can, you can invent a potential. It, there you go. But that's not even the worst. India... Oh. India proposed to Article 3 I mentioned earlier, where it currently says that the international health regulations must be implemented with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. They proposed crossing that out. They would cross oh. out with full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. Now, when I read this back in December, I, I caught myself, my jaw was hanging open. And I pushed my jaw up and it went back down, right? I was like, I was surprised that they actually put that in writing. And, and then I realized, well, wait a minute, this is actually a blessing because that is so absurd. That is so ridiculous and so offensive that you don't have to take my word for it. Go to stopthewho.com. You can download all of the documents right there. Look at the um, proposed amendments, and they would change Article 3 to cross out respect for your dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms. And I'm like, if people can look at that and be apathetic and go, yeah, whatever, okay, well, you know, then you're going to get what you deserve mm. because they're telling you that they don't care about your human rights, your fundamental freedoms, or your dignity. Now, if there's ever been a better time to pay attention and, you know, look into what in the heck they're trying to do, you got to realize that they changed international law last year. It didn't have these egregious changes, but, you know, they got the dry run last year. And all they have to do is get together and meet quietly. Now, they don't necessarily vote the way you think voting happens. What they did last year, literally, and this is on 
record. It's recorded and you can go on their own website and watch them do this. They were having their meeting with everybody in, you know, big assembly hall. And they were kind of not reaching agreement or consensus. And they said, well, you know what, we've reserved a room in the back of the Palace of Nations. And so we're going to stop, you know, this meeting in front of the cameras. We're going to go meet in the back room. We'll hash this out. We'll come back in a couple of hours. And that's what they did. They came back and then they said, well, we're, we're talking about, you know, the amendments that are in document number. And they gave the number of the document. And they said, are there any objections? Okay, no objections. It's been adopted. That's how they wow. roll, right? So 194 people can just reach an agreement, whatever the heck was done in the back room, we'll probably never know, and change international law. And there's not a damn thing that a president or prime minister um, can do to stop that process, except something that is so simple, it blows people's minds. Article 61 in the international health regulations, every single nation, their leader has the right and the authority under the international health regulations, article 61, to just write a letter to the WHO and say, well, you know those amendments that you adopted? Um, no, thanks, not for us, we don't want them. Okay, but they got to write the letter. And since nobody was paying attention and nobody really is aware that international law was changed and nobody knows that there was an 18 month period that everyone has the right to reject these amendments. We're 10 months in, we got eight months more to go. So November of 2023, time's up, it goes into force. But every single country in all around the world, the people are unaware. And so the leaders are just sitting on their hands doing nothing. And this time as it passes, silence is viewed as consent. Mm. And so um, if you want unelected, unaccountable, unknown people um, to get together and decide the fate of who's in charge of your life, then stop, you know, keep, keep not paying attention and don't give any, in, you know, uh, attention to this and it'll happen. And so I've just been trying to raise awareness around the world for the last year or so. And um, thanks for giving me the opportunity here, you know, to raise well, it a little bit more. I think it's, um, it's great that um, people can listen to this. I just thinking as you're describing that, you know, 194 backroom folks that no one knows, I mean, it is really easy to write a bloody letter. I mean, it's not hard. Um, it doesn't even take very long. And and the thing's done. What I'm trying to understand is, first of all, that 194, are they some sort of club? Do they all know each other? Is this something that, um, you know, that there's been filters applied to end up with those people, you know, of certain thinking in this group? And and. I, surely a leader of a country um, needs to be smart enough to see, you know, that fork in the road that you're talking about and to be able to label it correctly and write that letter. You know, I think common sense people are, are asking these questions. Well, you know, what's going on here? Why, why aren't the normal, logical, common sense um, and, and righteous, if you want to use that word, um, th moves not being made? Why is this, you said, sat on, sit on your hands. Why are they sitting on, on their hands? I just don't get it. Um, one of the things I don't do is get into um, intent because I can't read somebody's heart. You know, I don't know why they do things. Um, 
That's um, a fair I'm enough not, question. Why are all yeah. these people in lockstep? Yeah. You know, they, they must but, all be in total agreement. You know, um, if they can go in the room, the back room, and come out and and everyone's happy in that record amount of time, it can't be much debate. Um, you know, the the issue is primarily that when those decisions are made, okay, the way this situation is structured, it's not like a treaty, which I mentioned, but, you know, I, I really think that the, the totally separate document, totally different set of negotiations, you may have heard or people may have heard people talking about a proposed pandemic treaty. Yeah. Now, the problem with that is it's a separate document. That's not what I'm talking about at all. Yeah. Totally separate thing, which, you know, arguably only serves to confuse the daylights out of people because that's a 32 page document. Mm. And again, you can go to stopthewho.com, you can read them all. When you pick up the proposed pandemic treaty, if you were to start reading it, the first three pages are table of contents and that kind of thing. And from page four to page 12, it is the most sickeningly sweet propaganda I think you'll ever read. Right. If, if you just read the first 12 pages, you'd be like, oh, this sounds fine to me. It's all wonderful. Sovereignty and health and inclusivity and equity and, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, there's a number of horrible things in the second, you know, two thirds of the document that they want to do. But it doesn't include the things that I had been talking about. And so people have gotten it completely confused. Ah, okay. And and so they take little pieces from the amendments, and then they talk about the treaty, which is just mixing things together. That's not, you know, you got to keep them separate. And so then the fact checkers go, oh, that's fake news. Okay. Ah, because, see how it works. Yeah. yeah. Because what's in the treaty is what's in the treaty. What's in the proposed amendments is what's in the proposed amendments. They're two totally separate groups that are meeting, two totally separate processes, two totally separate, you know. Now, we're already party to the international health regulations. And the process by which they are amended is really slick and easy. Boom, they just get together, they agree to change them, boom, it's changed, okay? A potential treaty, everybody's arguing, well, you know, the prime minister or the president would have to sign it or parliament or the Senate would have to, you know, weigh in on it. No, that's a distraction. So, so they talking. assume the checks and balances that are normally there will be They're there. Gone. But... Right. And, and yeah. so, um, you know, they, they want to do many, many things. And so each nation or group of nations, and I'll, I'll try to give some more background. So where you can see, I think where this came from, it really all started with the Trump administration. They were upset that the WHO didn't like bust into Wuhan and, you know, break the doors down to the, you know, level four lab mm -hmm. and, you know, find out what was going on there. Well, the international health regulations are really a paper tiger. That's one of the first things I said was, well, nations are supposed to report, they have an obligation to report, but it's not like the WHO can um, you know, bust into China or bust into, you know, a European nation or the United States, they don't have that power to do so. So China dragged their feet, you know, they probably hid a lot of information, you know, whatever the hell happened in, in China, who will ever really know the truth? But the United States government was upset about it. So 
they were mad at the WHO, but when they actually really looked at the international health regulations, you would realize that they didn't have the authority to do anything. And they wanted to give the WHO more authority to go beat up on China. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that didn't work because a lot of nations said, well, wait a minute. We don't want the WHO to have more authority over us. What's in it for us? And so the United States, I think, woke up all of the other nations to the awareness that there's this flaw in how international law could be changed. And so they set up a system where they were all told all of the nations could submit proposed amendments by September 30th of last year. So 94 nations did, because they're all essentially saying, well, if you, United States, want to try to get the WHO to do what you want them to do, why don't we try to get the WHO to do what we want them to do? So the African nations want more investment in their pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. They proposed massive new funding, and they proposed Article 10, where nations would have an obligation and duty to cooperate, literally building out infrastructure in developing nations. They want what they call equity, which a lot of people get mixed up with you know, racial or, or mm. whatever. They want money. Equity is money. Equity equals money, yeah. You know, if you buy a house and you fix it up and you pay down the mortgage, you know, you get a little bit of equity. Yeah. If you're investing in stocks, they literally recall them equities, right? Mm. Mm. And, and so they want investment in their nations, okay? The European Union um, has proposed all of these things about a global digital health certificate, right? They want to be able to track and trace and control everybody, right? The United States wants to give more power to the WHO so oh, they right. can use the W, you know, everybody wants to use yep. the WHO to do whatever it is they want to do. And the WHO wants what the WHO wants, okay? And so it's actually really a crazy soap opera. And, and the whole point of it is, now, wait a minute. What about you and me? They're not talking about anything that actually has any kind of you know, impact. I mean, I, I shouldn't say impact, that, that we're having any impact on. They haven't had public comments. They haven't had any kind of you know, conversation. They had meetings at the end of February. They met for five days. And this is about the amendments. They had 10 meetings twice a day for five days. Four of them were made public and six of them were completely secret. They're meeting again, April 17th to the 20th. They're having meetings from now until then and it's all being done in secret, okay? And so, well, how do unelected, unaccountable, unknown people get to change international law? And we, well, part of the problem is everybody's watching TV or the ball game or you know, being distracted on social media by whatever, they've put all of these documents on their websites, but you know, it's just not, it's just not sexy information. It's not, you know, eye grabbing. It, it, it doesn't pull people's attention. There are all kinds of problems in the world. You know, there's war in Ukraine with the potential for, you know, nuclear war and pipelines blowing up and people being cold. Already and, blown up. You know, Central central bank digital currency on the horizon. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to distract you. And that's what the media's job is. The media's job is to show you something 
that makes it so you don't see what they're really doing. Bro broaching any of this, it seems here, and uh, I mean, uh, the information that you've just uh, given us is, is, you know, gives us a, a, a lot of clarity. Uh, in general terms, if you even try and, and start a, a chat about this with someone, um, I'm thinking friends and family, um, there's, there's a rejection of it. I don't want to hear this. Um, some will say the rabbit hole thing. And, and you can say, like you were describing there, well, it's all on their website. And, and that doesn't seem to carry anything um, either. You know, I, seemed... I, I, take, I take a different approach and I have a different view. Um, oh, cool. You, you can ask some really interesting rhetorical questions. Um, okay, as a strategy, right? Well, you know, um, I'll ask you a couple of questions. Um, sure. You know, what, what, what do you think about the WHO wanting to uh, take away your dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms? Are you yeah. okay with that? You know, do, do you want to be in a um, digital prison? Are you, are you okay with that? Or, or do you want to have the freedom to travel without being forced to do something to your body? Um, do you think that all health should be under the control of one person, let alone that one person being Tedros Ghebreyesus? Do you think he should be given dictatorial power? Is, is there anything we should know about that particular individual? Um, you know, I don't get into personality stuff. A lot of people do that. It doesn't, I, I don't care if he was, you know, some right. God, okay? Um, I don't care who it is. No one entity, no one person should have the authority to tell me or you or anybody else what we have to do to our body in order to live our life. That's, you know, he could be saint-like. He could be brilliant. He could be, you know, <laughs> straight down from heaven. It doesn't matter. That's not the world in which I want to live. Now, they certainly don't have the most shining example, you know, in, in the current director general, but it's not about the person. It's about the structure. Okay. Cause at some point, you know, he will move on and someone else will be in that place. Could be worse. You got to be careful what you ask for. Right. You know, um, in New York, you know, people were very uh, unhappy about governor Cuomo and the one person who replaced him is way worse. Right. So you think it's bad with one person. Um, just wait, you got to be careful what you ask for, you know, um, prime ministers and presidents come and go. And, you know, we've had a series of presidents here. You're like, oh, I can't get any worse than this one. And it just keeps getting worse, right? <laughs> right. And so um, it's, it's more about people being aware that these negotiations are going on. And um, I put all of the information readily available on stopthewho.com. And I'm very specifically concerned about the global digital health certificate, because that's all part of the digital prison. So if you go to rejectdigitalenslavement.com, you'll see, you know, the portion of the amendments that are very much related to that. And so my perspective is I make the information available to people and I work with those who are willing. Um, twice a day, I have a Zoom meeting. Um, Translate it to your time might be a little difficult. We had trouble getting it all straight because daylight savings time and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But here in California, Pacific time at noon and 7 p.m. Um, every day. So the 7 p.m. California time, you know, works for 
Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, and all that kind of thing. You can translate for wherever you may be. I have a Zoom, so if anybody has any questions, you know, I'm there every day. And, yeah. and so that's that's right on. Um, everything that I've written is on James Rogusky, R-O-G-U-S-K-I dot substack dot com. I only work with people who care. If if somebody goes, oh, I don't care. I, I don't have. Yeah, time. what's the point? Yeah, what's the point? You know, um, I'll try. I'll try to help you by finding somebody who also wants to help you, even if you don't want to help yourself. But when people actually look at this, um, and it registers, and the light bulb goes off, they're like, "You're kidding me! This is crazy! No way!" Right? And and so for the most part, I don't really get too much um, pushback on it. it. People are just like, "This cannot be allowed to happen." It really comes down to. Do you think individual people have rights and they should have freedom to live their life the way they want? Or do you think there should be a one world, you know, health dictatorship that could enforce medical martial law and tell every, you know, one person could tell everybody what they have to do to their body? Um, if you're on that side of that argument, then get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. You're crazy or you're benefiting from the things that they're doing and your mind is warped, you know, due to either greed or, you know, some sort of weird desire to control people, it goes all the way back, you know, to the slave and master mentality. You either think people should be free and you respect that, or you think you should be the master over somebody else. And, you know, I, I do not accept that, period. There'll be people listening right now, myself included, you know, trying to imagine that certificate it sounds like something you might win at a swimming contest or something like that uh that certificate and and how it would work in reality and if it was ever there um and th that would be it for traveling for me i i wouldn't be going anywhere that that would be it and and for many other people it'd be all over wouldn't it and that is, you know, essentially one of the frightening aspects of it. Now, I'm not going to speculate that it would go beyond that, okay? But if you look at what we see coming out of China, okay, you know, every aspect of their life is controlled with their social credit system. Now, that's not what the WHO is um, proposing or the nations are proposing in these amendments. But, you know, what they are proposing is something that could limit international travel. Now, how that could be expanded, you know, they keep pointing to the China model as, you know, mm -hmm. being the model. Well, if you want your central government um, to control every aspect of your life where you have to show a personal QR code and all of your data is tracked, and, you know, if you say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, eat the wrong thing, drive the wrong place, you know, think the wrong thoughts, um, they are able to control you. I mean, look back through slavery, you know, going back to Egypt and Roman times and whenever, um, could you imagine tighter control of somebody's life? No. Wow. You know, so you because it's, want the, that. it's the infrastructure, isn't it? The infrastructure is then in place and uh, um, digital infrastructure can be purposed, repurposed to do really anything. I mean, you know, we could end up with a Star Trek somewhat utopian world. You know, they didn't have money and, you know, that sort of thing. Or you could end up in Mad Max or 1984 
you know, where your life is just, you know, dismal and, and controlled, um, you know, when they say, you know, you will own nothing and be happy, they're obviously, you know, they're saying you, they're not saying them, No. right? They're saying you. <laughs> no, sorry, we. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, oh, we're going to give up all our possessions and we're going to own nothing and we're going to, that's how, you know, if Klaus Schwab had said he had given up all his possessions and he was happy, yeah, okay, fine. Set set the example, Klaus. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying you will not own anything. You will be under their control, not the other way around. And yeah, it, yeah. Klaus Schwab. I know you said you didn't want to get into into the individuals, but you couldn't find a, a better central casting um, villain figure, could you? I mean, this is it's crazy. It, that he's he's the ultimate sort of Bond kind of villain or something like that. You know, it's, it is astonishing, you know, what will it take? How obvious does it need to be before people can look, you know, open their eyes and see what's going on. And, and so all I've tried to do for the last year is read the WHO's boring, you know, 100, 200 mm -hmm. page documents. And it's really boring until you read something like they want to cross out you know, respect for dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms. I mean, that, when I got to that line, it stopped me right in my tracks. I'm like, oh, well, this document, um, I still got, you know, however many pages to go. It just got interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and you watch the, you know, the videos of their meetings, and it's all kinds of, it, it sounds like they're talking English, but they're really not. They have their own language. And wow. they all repeat the same phrases. But every now and then, you know, they'll let out a little tiny bit of information. And it's almost like um, catching a, a series where you haven't watched it for the first three and a half years. And you come into the middle of the fourth season and you hmm. don't know who the characters are. You don't know the plot lines. You don't know the interactions between all the people. And, and you know, people who are aware of what's going on, they go, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. And, and everybody else is like, what? Okay. Um, once you get to know the players and what they're all talking about and what their what their version of English actually means, oh, it's frightening. I mean, they just want to control every aspect of life. They have a concept called one health. Now that sounds, you know, okay, but it essentially means that it's not just treating one's health. It's not treating your health, okay? It's they're in control of everything, human health, pet health, domestic animal health, wild animal health, plants, agriculture, you know, the environment, climate, everything. And, and so they have these really wonderful sounding words. And, you know, if you're not paying attention with the sustainable development goals and 15 minute cities and all the many other things that they want to do, you realize that it's all really just um, coming back from a hundred some years ago with the progressive movement where there was a technocracy where they thought, oh, the best and the brightest and the smartest people should make all the decisions. And sounds good, except they had a meeting in on September 21st of last year. And they had a bunch of experts and the moderator from the WHO asked the experts, well, um, going forward, what kind of metrics or measurements or criteria 
could they use to determine whether or not any given nation was properly prepared for whatever might come? And I was actually, again, surprised my jaw was hanging open a little bit because their panel of experts said, we don't know. Um, they literally said that they owe it to themselves to study it more because going back to the beginning of 2020, you would have thought that Northern Italy and Spain and Portugal and France and Germany and the United Kingdom and the United States, with all their money, all their technology, I mean, the United States can print all the money they want, um, that they would have done better. That's what, you know, the metrics that they were using said that those nations are prepared and they got slaughtered. And on the WHO's own website, if you look at the numbers where they have all their data, 16 times as many people per capita in North and South America died due to COVID when compared to Africa. And between 25 and 30 times as many people in Europe died due to COVID as compared to Africa. Now, what they should have said was, well, you know, our metrics were wrong and so we all should go to Africa and ask them, what did you do and what didn't you do? Yeah. <laughs> you did 16 to 30 times better. Okay. But it's all crazy. They just pretty much ignored that. We're not, we don't want to talk about that. Right. The problem in their mind is that the WHO did not have enough control and it did not have enough money. Well, never mind that the decisions that the Western world made caused 16 to 30 times as many more people to die. They don't want to hear that whatever was done in Africa and other nations worked better because there's no profit in that. Uh, right. Now it's follow the money. Okay. And so they have massive funding to the tune of tens of billions of dollars per year. The WHO's budget is only under $4 billion a year. And so they want to do, you know, 10 to 15 times as much money yeah. in preparation for something that might happen. It's like, just follow the money. You know, it's yeah. a big, it's organized <laughs> crime and crony capitalism at a level that you can't even begin to, you know, comprehend under the guise of, oh, it's for your health and for your protection. I want to thank you so much, James Rogusky, for giving us a bit of time. What you've done, and for me, but for people listening, is it's not so woolly now. You, you've brought it into focus. It's pretty clear. Um, as you say, it's not rocket science. And and the, the pushback ain't rocket science either. It's completely doable. And uh, I think that that will give people, well, first of all, motivate them, but give them a lot of hope. So thanks so much for um, coming on our radio program. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it too. Okay. Plenty to think about there. Well, we've come to the end of our program this morning. No time for the social media. We'll look at that again tomorrow, hopefully. Coming up real soon, Jaspreet Boparai and Don Nicholson with The Greenwashed Show. And then from 1 o'clock this afternoon, Peter Williams is here, here on Reality Check Radio. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.